to Datsuk. What a move! Right in, oh. scores! Wow. Oh, but Datsuk, he indeed gets a beauty! Heisman moving blue line, chance, scores! You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Octopi Hockey Town with your host, Austin Goodman. Hello and welcome to the 17th episode of Octopi Hockey Town. This is going to be the last episode of Octopi Hockey Town coming from my home in West Bloomfield, Michigan. I'm going to be moving back to school next week, and from then on, we will continue our coverage of the Detroit Red Wings through the rest of the offseason and into the regular season from the beautiful and stunning, most definitely gorgeous home of East Lansing, Michigan, here at Michigan State University in the basement of Holden Hall at Impact Studios 88.9 FM. Guys, this week's episode of Octopi Hockey Town, we're going to discuss the potential of the impact of the newly signed assistant coach, Tony Granato, through the first 15 minutes of the show, and then we'll shell out, you know, we'll shell out some positive thoughts, I think, on Granato. Um that are going to really flourish for the Red Wings this year and bring the Detroit Red Wings special teams back to where it was at the time of Nicholas Lidstrom, Brian Rafalski, Manning the Point, maybe even throw it back all the way to Chris Chelios alongside Nick Lidstrom, Manning that point. Um, and then through the last five minutes of the show, guys, we'll, we will give another update on the offseason. When will the Red Wings re-sign Danny DeKaiser or Daniel Alfredson? Can they make it work? with only $5 million in cap space remaining. I don't really know. All these questions will be answered, though, through this episode of Octobi Hockey Town. I think we'll, uh, we'll really help each other out here. But the first segment, going through 15 minutes of the show, Tony Granato is coming off an assistant coaching position with the Pittsburgh Penguins, where he helped craft and execute one of the most dominant special team pairings in all of the NHL. That's a promise, guys. Let's Look at what Granado has done. For the past five seasons, he has worked under Dan Bilesma and the Pittsburgh Penguins alongside Ray Shero. All three of these gentlemen were recently uh, released during the beginning of the pre of the offseason uh, going in the 2014-2015 season by the Penguins organization in order to revamp the franchise um, over there in Philly. Granado's 49 years old, one-year contract, um, because he could be preparing for a potential exit of head coach Mike Babcock only has one year left on a deal that he signed a long time ago. Granato, though, throughout history, associated with the NHL, has been both a player and stood behind the bench, played in 13 NHL seasons with the Rangers, Kings, and San Jose Sharks, 773 games, 248 goals, 244 assists, 1,425 penalty minutes, so the guy knows about the special teams. During Granado's time in, Sp- in Pittsburgh in 2010-2011, he had an 86.1% rating, ranking number one overall for penalty killing United among the NHL. And during the 2013 playoffs, he matched something like that on the PK with a 92.3%, which was best in franchise history ever. So, guys, Granado and you know Red Wings head coach Mike Babcock in 2008 kind of had a little bit of an altercation where Babcock sent out Aaron Downey to take out Ian LaPierre after he went after Nicholas Lidstrom within the first period of a game against the Penguins. Um, Personally, I don't think this is going to bring 
any kind of, you know, bad beef into the locker room. I think that Mike Babcock and Tony Granato both are very professional coaches that in the NHL, you really don't have to bring in old beef. Everyone is trying to win games. All right. And I think quite frankly, Mike Babcock, Mike, uh, Mike Babcock understands the potential that Tony Granada could have for the Red Wings special teams. Now, let's keep in mind, Granada with the 92.3% in 2013, those are stellar numbers. All right, let's keep in mind that Detroit last season, guys, did not rank very well at all anywhere on the penalty kill or the power play. Let's keep in mind that the Bruins, I believe, they kept them kept the Red Wings to one goal um, last season. One goal on the power play, which is pretty pathetic if you ask me. Um, you know, I, I, I just... It's hard for me to truly understand what's going on with the Red Wings because so many years back, you know, so many years back, the Red Wings used to be very, very good on the power play and on the penalty kill. It was never an issue in years past. Now, now the Red Wings are, they're seeing a little bit of a, um, you know, they're just seeing a different element. It's a completely different ball game out there. In 2013, 2014, they ranked 16th in goals per game. All right. And then 16th in goals against with 2.7 goals against per game. The power play percentage was 18, 18th, 17.7% on the power play. The penalty kill was 12th at 83.1%. I personally think that Tony Granato is definitely going to get numbers like that up. All right. Numbers, eight, you know, ranked 18th on the power play in the NHL amongst 30 teams, absolutely unacceptable. And, and the same on the penalty kill side, 12, 12. The Red Wings should be top five on penalty kills and power plays. That is how efficiency happens in the NHL. Point leaders should be above 50 points per season. The highest leading point getter, for the Red Wings was Alfredson with 49. I've said it a million times. I think that the Red Wings will highly benefit off of Tony Granato coming to the team and really enforcing the power play and the penalty kill because understand those are your advantages and, and those are other teams' advantages. If you want to let other teams in the NHL take advantage of you, then you are more than welcome to do so. But I do not think that Tony Granato is going to let that happen to the Detroit Red Wings when he takes over behind that bench next to Mike Babcock. I don't think it's going to happen. And I could be wrong. But personally, I think that Granato is going to be a phenomenal addition behind the bench. Keep this in mind. Those numbers, 18th on the penalty kill, on the power play. 12th on the penalty kill. Not good numbers. Those percentages need to be way higher. They need to be way higher. The power play percentage should be about 21%. The penalty kill should be about 86%. Where Granado had the Pittsburgh Penguins at, 86.1 in 2010-2011. The Red Wings are capable of doing that. The Red Wings had 2.7 goals against per game average. 16th, that doesn't happen. I'm sorry. The Red Wings should be top, at least top 10, top 8 in scoring. 
They have goal scorers. They had injuries. That's why they weren't scoring goals. Nyquist had 28 of those goals. 2.6 is what the Red Wings average per game, goals per game. How many times did people question, why can't they score more goals? They need to be more efficient on the power play, on the penalty kill, and everything will come together down that way. Another potential effect Granada could have, he truly could affect the play of the defense. Penalty killing is defense. All right, It's protecting your net, protecting your zone, getting the puck out, and playing efficient ice hockey. And Granado knows how to do that both. He played in the NHL and he stood behind the bench on a championship winning team. The Pittsburgh Penguins know how to man the bench. And it's actually funny. On Monday, September 22nd, the Red Wings are going to face off against the Pittsburgh Penguins at 7 o'clock. And we'll be able to see this in full action. I think that Tony Granado is going to get back at these Pittsburgh Penguins. He's going to show them how good of a coach he can actually be. So, guys, we're getting through about nine minutes here, all right? And we're talking about Tony Granato and his potential effects on the Red Wings' power play, on the Red Wings' penalty killing, coming off of his tenure with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I don't know if, you know, people are just tuning in, they skip forward, but in 2013, the playoffs, he had a 92.3% behind-the-bench penalty killing rating, which was the best in franchise history. And I think, quote me now, at 9.15 on Sunday at 5 p.m. Sunday, August 24th, that I think Tony Granado is going to have a positive, very, very positive impact on the Red Wings special teams. Now, I told you guys it was going to go through 15 minutes. I don't really have anything more to say. Honestly, I, I did have more to say, but I have I really just kind of want to leave it at that. All right, I want to leave it at the fact that I think that Granado, with his past history, with his knowledge of the NHL, and his knowledge of different teams, also playing and coaching in the Eastern Conference as well, I think that this is going to highly benefit the Red Wings special teams units. Period. Let's move on. So we are going to move on. And now we're going to talk about the Daniel Alfredson situation. We're going to also talk about the Danny DeKaiser situation. And I want everybody to understand, I want to start off with Danny DeKaiser and what the situation is. There's been a quote from Danny DeCaster saying, I watch all the contract signings, but it's hard to compare unrestricted free agents with restricted free agents. And he also said, I think with a lot of restricted free agents, it takes a little bit longer to sign than with unrestricted guys just because there's not much room for, parentheses, RFAs to go anywhere. It just seems like it's a longer process. So, guys, this means that the 24-year-old restricted free agent, Danny DeKaiser, is still waiting for that contract. His agents are doing a pretty good job in talking to Mr. Holland, trying to figure everything out. Let's keep in mind, DeKaiser's coming off a $925,000 salary cap figure, which basically means he has to hit that or above to be able to, uh, for the Red Wings to have a qualifying offer to DeKaiser. Training camp starts on September 18th. We are looking at about seven. We're looking about 25 days out of training camp. Both DeKaiser and Alfredson are both left unsigned. DeKaiser averaged the second amount of ice time next to Nicholas Cronwell at 21 minutes, close to 22 minutes. It was actually 21.38 to be specific in all situations, including the power play. He thinks that he is going to be able to get a lot more of a consistent game and a better game out of himself this season. He recognizes the importance of gaining weight as well. He's only six. He's six foot three, but he's only 190 pounds. 
understand that if this guy, Danny DeKaiser, 24 years old, puts on about 10, 15 pounds, gains about five miles an hour on a slap shot coming from the point, is aging and understanding how to play with the teammates around him and on the NHL ice. Understand he is still young and there's a lot that is put on the Macomb natives back. All right. He is a blue liner and he's going to be a blue liner for many years and he would like to lock him we would like to lock him up as the Red Wings organization here in Detroit would like to lock him up for a long time but quite frankly I don't know if that's going to happen right this second. I can see Danny DeCaster getting a two-year, maybe $2 million contract, you know, one maybe two-year, $3 million, and then really pound him with a good contract. But even Danny's been quoted saying this, every season I try to get as strong as I can. You always lose a few pounds during the year. That's something everyone deals with. I've been skating lately, and I feel really good, feel strong out there. Those are things that you want to hear from those, you know, from players. That's what you want to hear. Now, on the Daniel Alfredson side of things, Daniel Alfredson needs to hit a certain salary cap. He is, you know, coming off of recurring back injuries. You know, Alfredson signed a one-year deal last year, $3.5 million contract, but it also included a bonus clause, which granted him about $2 million of extra, not only salary money that came to him, but it was used out of the team's salary cap. Um, bonuses for players over 35 are sometimes called performance bonuses, which basically means that the player must establish um, a goal or a set of goals, point totals, to get the amount of money that he wants to get at the end of the year. So basically, Alfredson set goals for himself, and he reached those goals. I think that if Alfredson came back for another season, he would be getting that. Just that. There's $5.27 million in cap space, and the Red Wings have to sign Danny DeKaiser. He could be getting that $3 million, but I think that he's going to get $1.5 million for two years, um, $1.5 million annually. Leaving, all right, let's do the math here. Let's do 5.27. All right, everybody bring out their calculators. All my listeners out there, bring out your calculators. 5.27 minus 1.5. That would leave about 3.77 3.75 million dollars for Daniel Alfredson. Personally, I think that's good. I think that Daniel Alfredson deserves a contract like that. 3.5 to 4 million dollars, get both of them in there for at least one or two more years and get both of those players back on the ice. Clearly, Alfredson doesn't want to move again. He said that before. It's whether or not he's healthy enough to sign. With Danny DeKaiser, he wants to be here. He just wants a contract that is going to be able to suit him. All right? The Red Wings have already set up many various things throughout the summer with Thomas Tatar and, uh, you know, newly with Ken Holland that we'll talk about later in this episode. Um, but the Danny DeKaiser, Daniel Alfredson situation is a little bit different. One of them's a restricted free agent. One of them is an unrestricted free agent. Rules are different. We've gone over these rules before. Basically, both of these players need to sign for the Red Wings to be able to compete to their highest potential next year. Bringing Albertson back for one last season, along with the cap coverage of, you know, so many players next season. Let's keep in mind, if you want to have a team of good players, you need to pay them all. All right, and that's what makes everything so hard. With a cap salary nowadays, you can't just go throwing money at people like the Red Wings used to do. The Red Wings always used to throw money at people, and that's not how they do it anymore. When Ken Holland first joined the club in 1994 as an assistant general manager, you know, they could throw 
millions of dollars of people. They can't do that anymore. Hopefully that Ken Holland, after getting this new deal, which we're about to talk about in the next, you know, maybe 30 seconds or so, um, talking about Ken Holland's new deal, finishing off on this DeKaiser-Alfredson situation. At the end of the day, guys, it's still up in the air. The Alfredson-DeKaiser situation is still up in the air, and we need to figure it out. Um, we as in the Red Wings, we as in the Red Wings organization, Ken Holland, Mike Babcock, all the crew, they need to figure out contracts and they need to get them quick because September 18th is rolling around the corner real fast. But, guys, we are at 1620 through the show and Ken Holland got a new deal. Yep, I'm talking to you guys right now about Ken Holland's new deal. He's celebrating 20 years in Detroit with a new contract. All right, Red Wings announced a four-year deal that will keep Holland as the general manager through the 2017-2018 season, ironically, right up until, um, you know, through the first season of the release of what is going to be potentially one of the best arenas in all of the NHL that the Illiches have recently released upon and we've talked about here in Octopi. Ken Holland has been quoted saying, I've been here a long time and very proud, very happy to be a Red Wing. He told this to the Detroit Free Press. I work for, I believe, the best owners in the NHL, passionate, committed. It's nice to know that ownership has confidence in me to continue to lead going forward. There's obviously never been one single doubt in anybody's mind that Ken Holland would be able to keep this team afloat. Personally, I thought that the Red Wings were truly going to go down last season when, you know, the injuries were piling up and, you know, the youngsters were kind of getting taken over at the beginning and then they came back. Ken Holland has really done a phenomenal job alongside Mike Babcock to keep this team contained, keep it to the old Red Wings style. The Red Wings are revamping their entire organization right now, and that's what everybody forgets. All right. Understand that Mike Babcock and Ken Holland, they're friendly. He was also quoted uh, Ken Holland saying, I talked to I talked briefly to Mike yesterday. We exchanged text. He's out west. Holland said when he gets back to town at training camp, we'll sit down and talk. It's best that he and I talk about the situation when we're face to face both eh, and both engaged in the conversation. So sometime in September, we'll talk. That just me. Listen to that quote really quickly, guys. Understand that for a second. The how close Mike Babcock and Ken Holland are together. Ken Holland's not going anywhere. Mike Illich is the controller of that. Mike Illich and Ken Holland are best friends. This entire trio up at the top of Mike, Mike, and Ken, they're all doing a great job up there. All right, and I don't blame any of the Red Wings' issues, troubles, anything, and nothing at all to those gentlemen at all. I strictly blame it on the players and their performance because they are given so much going into playing with the Red Wings. But Ken Holland did get this new contract four years. He's going to be here through 2018. Now Ken Holland just needs to figure out contracts with two other guys, DeKaiser and Alfredson. Once those two are signed, the offseason is done. We can look to September 18th and pray, hope and pray, for a in, less injury-ridden season for 2014-2015. But guys, I think we have a little bit more to talk about next week. So I want to—I want—I just want to preview you a little bit on what is coming up 
um, for next week's episode of Octopi Hockey Time. We're going to be talking about why the Red Wings defense will still be okay. And I have a lot to say about that, guys. So next week, for the first 15 minutes of the show or so, tune into that. We'll be talking about the Red Wings defense. I'll give you another update on the offseason regarding you know Danny DeKaiser and Daniel Alberton, as well as we are going to be talking about a little bit of a training camp preview what we expect to see out of certain players, who the Red Wings are looking to flourish in the next coming season, 2014-2015. But guys, thank you so much for joining us again, yet again, on this beautiful day here for Octopi Hockey Town. We're going back again, per usual, like I said, next week, we'll be talking a lot of things. And if you're interested in more information on Octopi Hockey Town, the Detroit Red Wings are any other Detroit or Michigan State sport, go to www.impact89fm.org sports. And you can also listen to the only live sports debate radio show in all of East Lansing, The Pact, every Monday night from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. For the Octobide team, I'm Austin Goodman saying, guys, have a good move in if you're a college student. And if you're not, enjoy having your college students away at school for the year. Guys, have a wonderful week.